0: You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam.
1: Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 319 and 320. Fed by Ravens. We are continuing the ancient tradition of the oral tradition, right? Sure. I said tradition twice, so that was kind of weird. But you get it. Yeah. We are talking about the scriptures because they are worth being talked about, and we're glad you're with us. Let's get right into it. Where
0: are we today in the OT? Our Old Testament reading for today is Ezekiel chapter 28 through chapter 31.
1: Some interesting stuff today, Matt, because when you first look at this section, you're like, after all we've been through, we get it, right? It's like, if you're... If you're honestly engaging this, you're like, like, I get it. Okay, I get it. Israel and Judah are in trouble. But this opens up something else, because um, in the past, I would read and just go, okay, I get it, and I'd just let my eyes glaze over this, like, I get it, people are in trouble. But something else (laughs) happened. Not only did we hear the lamentation for Tyree, today we get this description of the Prince of Tyree, the King of Tyree. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, then it goes to Egypt and the Pharaohs. Yes. And so the, again, I like to find the theme that before we get talking about it, but the theme for me is imagine this. The theme is at some point, like Assyria, Egypt, and even Tyre, we're all friends with God. Right. Like Assyria even repented and believed after the Mm -hmm. preaching of Jonah. Uh, Egypt, we know, was friends with God when Joseph was ruling the country. Mm-hmm. And then Tyree, at a minimum, I think there's other connections with Tyree, but the main one is they were friends with David and helped support the kingdom and the building of Jerusalem and yes, they did. the temple. And so you sh- you have to ask the question, why does God, because Ezekiel is giving this prophecy that all these places are falling mm-hmm. bef- well before it happens. Right. Yes. So it sounds kind of like absurd, but why would um, a prophet that's in exile even care about these faraway places? And it's because God is speaking to him, and God cares about him because God actually cares for all the na- I'm right. going to say neighborhood kids. Yeah. So it's like I have a son, and all his neighborhood kids they grow up together. Mm-hmm. But then I know there's some some of them get into drugs or get into whatever. Mm-hmm. And my son gets led into it. Well, I'm disciplining my son. But I care for all those kids in the neighborhood. I know their parents. I love them. And so that's why I want to discipline them. And I have a conversation with their parents. I go, hey, little Johnny over there is also in trouble. And I love these kids. I want them to know know the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is all about. It unlocks it. So like the reason – and then you see it because – the description of these places is like God is mourning. Like He loves mm-hmm. the little neighbor kid. Mm-hmm. They were part of my kid's life, and He loves and He hates that they turned against His kids and they turned against Him when they knew better.
0: Yeah, like reading the prophecy against uh, Tyree and recognizing, like, man, God was definitely God definitely blessed them because of mm-hmm. their commitment to help build the temple in yes. jerusalem like, like god totally blessed them that stuff's of that. not forgotten i mean if yeah. you want to
1: apply it personally like it's not forgotten when you give to you you make yourself you align yourself with god's
0: church and with right. jesus christ
1: that's not gonna hurt you it's gonna be remembered actually mm-hmm.
0: yeah and so the fact that god's like look he's having a he's reminding them through ezekiel uh, the reason you guys are so blessed, the reason you guys have all these things, and you are so great, is because of my blessing on you. Because of one thing you guys did, uh, hundreds of years ago. And it is different. Like you read that they may know that I am the Lord.
1: At first, that sounds like almost a power. You know, now you know who's number one or what's mm-hmm. right. But actually, it's an affectionate thing, an intimacy thing. Like right. So it's, it is like if you've ever dealt with somebody caught in addiction or caught in their own sin, you're like, I'm here to let you know mm-hmm. I still love you. I want you to know that there's someone out here for you. And that's what God's saying. Right. So it's not just like this blind rage and senseless killing of other places. It's actually like, I, ac- I really love all the nations of the world too, and especially mm-hmm. these nations. So saying all that, if you were reading chapter 28, you'd see that the Prince of Tyree, there's all this kind of allusions to Garden of Eden. I know. And then, um, so you got Garden of Eden stuff to the prince, but the king, I think this is where people, they draw, you have to make some jumps to Mm -hmm. say, oh, this was the fall of Lucifer. Oh, interesting. I don't know if you see, like, you can see, like, this is one of those areas, because I'll, I'll ask people, like, where does that in the Bible say about, like, Lucifer's whole deal? Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, oh, it's in Ezekiel somewhere. Or it's in this and mm-hmm. that. And what I'm finding is it's never, I haven't found it in the Bible yet, where it's explicit. Like, this mm-hmm. is the story uh, before man was created. But what I find is it's it's the same themes, right? We've right. seen these themes before where um, he made this beautiful country. He set up Tyree and the king of Tyre's heart became proud. He starts calling himself a god. Right. Basically, everybody is crushed under the weight of their pride, mm-hmm. which is the sin of Lucifer, right? It's right. pride. Like, you make your own decision. I want to be God. So that's why I think people will think this is about Lucifer. Huh? I think it's about the king of Tyre 100%, and he's just
0: in the line, like when Jesus says, you lie like your father, the devil. He's right. a liar. So this is just... That's interesting and that's so funny because like reading this yeah. I didn't even think that oh man like I reading this I'm just like
1: he was a guardian cherub in the midst of the stones of fire like this is right like, right
0: so like honestly what I was thinking I was like, oh okay, so what is going on here is God's comparing Tyree to this um the sanctuary like Eden yeah and the king was like the guardian angel mm-hmm. defending it right. and the lord's like but you've usurped me you you're no longer defending it right you've corrupted it so now you are losing your position as guardian of your land guardian of this island that i gave you but even it's as over. you're speaking
1: doesn't that sound like no. a, sa- a satanic situation like a guy who had power and was in could go be like in job he can go before god
0: sure like in a general very right. general sense that's
1: so funny no i and i agree it's not i'm not yeah. suggesting I'm just seeing a connection stronger than you, which is funny
0: yeah. to me. <laughs> to me, it would be if if he was being compared to like an invading serpent, then sure. Uh, okay. But I'm going But to he's but he's guarding the garden. Right. And that was never Satan's job. Right. As far as we know.
1: But I'm just saying before the fall, like this is how Satan became Satan, the accuser.
0: Okay. It doesn't matter because the, the point
1: is it's it's the ancient prime primordial sin of pride anyway. And mm-hmm. so and then the reason God cares is because he created these people. He was using these people to be a blessing on earth and yeah. to be blessed. Like so it's all that. And basically Tyree, I, I see this like it's so interesting. God laments mm-hmm. that Tyree has to go through the prophet Ezekiel in exile. Mm hmm. Like, how much more do you have to show the heart? Like, this isn't, right. during, this isn't during conquest time. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to kill you guys because my people are better than you. Right. Yeah. This is like, this is my like, people
0: have no power. Right. I'm disciplining them, but you know what? I'm also going to discipline you. And too. I lament to tell you
1: I have to discipline you too. It's not mm-hmm. just my people because you're. we want you to be a part of all of our people. But it's hard to find that if you just read it. Mm-hmm. Well, no one reads it, but if you actually read it... <laughs> You might think God is so angry all the time and needlessly killing, but actually He's disciplining and loving the whole world.
0: Yeah. So then He, there's like a quick little prophecy against uh, the city Sidon, which is the sister city to Tyre. So it's the, uh, uh, it's the, um, I don't know, the land city, the coastal city right. to the island city, and um, and the idea here, though, again, He's kind of using this garden theme yeah. of like all the surrounding nations that were actively against his people, God's like, I'm weeding you out, so when I bring my people back, there's no one to be actively having this uh, yeah. lineage of enmity against my people. Right. So I'm going to weed you guys out, and I'm going to bring my people back to this land. God's always you.
1: thinking like 150 steps ahead of what we are. Yes, it's, That's a great
0: truth, mm-hmm. so trust him. So then we move on to the prophecy against Egypt, and this is very interesting because, uh, is it in this first part? Because like there's like kind of two. Mm-hmm. Um, what? What are you? What's your question, my man? Where God is? God ha- goes. Okay, Babylon has fought against Tyre, and they haven't been able to take the island, mm-hmm. and so yes. I'm giving them Egypt. Yes. I think I
1: don't know exactly where, but I remember reading it. He says they couldn't quite get paid for it. So mm-hmm. God, the way God says it through Ezekiel is, Babylon needs to get paid
0: for their war because against Tyre. I pay people who mm-hmm. work for me. Yeah,
1: and um, and they couldn't get their reward from Tyre. Yes. So I'm gonna turn over all the all of Egypt will be their uh, payment and all <laughs> their 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 stuff, which is again like oh wow, bummer,
0: bummer, and you get some intense prophecy over them. Where he says the same thing to the Egyptians that he kind of says to his own people, where he's like, "I'm going to scatter you yeah. to among the nations, I will gather you back and I will bring you back to this land, but this land will have 40 years of rest. There won't be any pharaohs here for a while. but I'll bring you back, but you when you come back, you'll be a lowly kingdom, and you will never rise to greatness ever again.": So what came to
1: your mind when you read that?:
0: Anything? that they're still a lowly kingdom that've never risen back to their great stature. Right. Like so here's what And ha- so all we do is look at their pyramids and yes, stuff like you. that. Yes. Thank you. That's what I, uh, so And look at their greatness that happened before but now they'll never attain. Right. So like I thought when I read that, it says you'll always be a
1: lowly nation, I'm going to keep you around. I thought, "Oh, even to our day, God turned them into a nice quaint tourist destination."
0: They Well, you know what? Really I I'm thinking about why they're around. So they're like an eternal monument to God's salvation of his people. Oh, that's good, man. Like, they're just there to keep the... Yeah, because Phoenicians aren't around. To keep the facilities kept. Babylonians aren't around. So we can go and visit and see and go, oh, man, this is where God took his people out of here. The
1: greatest story besides the cross of Christ is the Exodus. Mm -hmm. And God keeps the people who enslaved Mm -hmm. him, his people... He keeps their nation forever. As and a even tourist stuff, attraction. Yeah, yeah, as a tourist attraction. As a, a be- monument. And go, how no one knows how they built those great pyramids, but the one thing they know for sure, it was on the backs of people. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. That's a good find. <laughs> yeah. And... So that was like, whoa, that's kind of because why
1: would Egypt still be around? Right, it's on the Nile. In fact, they were like, the Nile is ours, Mm -hmm. and uh, we are the king of the Nile. And God's like, no, you're gonna, I'm gonna have like a gator from the Nile or a uh, A dragon, a a dragon from the Nile, destroy you. But you're right. So, but essentially though, God has mercy on. I think the big story here is not that they were full of pride and didn't trust God. The big story is that God is even prophesying about them mm. so i think mm-hmm. even reading this see this is before it happened that's the other thing when we read it we think god just oh it just happened when he said it
0: right no they have
1: a chance to repent yes like what would have happened if tyree repented from the prophet ezekiel's words what would have happened if egypt have
0: repented i mean we know it would have happened i if mean Saint nineveh, nineveh. Jonah,
1: yeah yeah, but I just connected that. You know, I'm thinking, "Oh, you know, this is a death sentence." Mm-hmm. But no, this
0: is a repentance
1: sentence mm-hmm. and a sentence to life. So even in this part of Ezekiel that we don't like to read, God mm-hmm. is being gracious, loving the nations. And and then of course we know it all comes true.
0: Right. Yeah, and so he talks about breaking their power and everyone who's ever leaned on them. Yeah. Uh, will be destroyed with them and basically the whole idea too is I'm going to turn you into something that my people will never turn to again yeah they Um, you will still exist but you will exist in such a lowly state that my people will never be tempted to look to you for salvation ever again
1: like like you got my kid into drugs Mm -hmm. and so now I'm going to leave you in rehab forever So that my kids will never look to you for drugs again. (laughs) Right. I think you said it better than my analogy, but... Yeah, well, you know. Halfway through, I started actually thinking about my analogy. Like, wait, does this work?
0: So the one interesting thing, so in chapter 31, the last chapter, where it's talking about the death of Pharaoh, and he starts making this analogy of how they were the tallest tree in... And, Cedar's
1: better than an Eden.
0: Yeah, and then he starts talking about, though, he starts comparing the whole world. This is where, like, he kind of compares the whole world to his Eden. Right. The whole world is Eden, and all the nations are the trees yeah. in the garden. And I, I was like, oh man, that's crazy. That's really cool. And that's like, again, the heart of God is my heart was that you would all be, this whole world would be my beautiful garden. That's good, man, because that's where I get the idea. I've
1: had that idea that Adam and Eve's purpose was to garden the whole earth. Mm-hmm. And that's why Jesus is king over the whole earth. Like the meek shall inherit the earth. His mm-hmm. boundary. there are no boundaries. His boundaries are the sky. Right. Because the whole thing is under Jesus' control. And so I think that's exactly how this is to be understood. Yeah. Is that God does mourn these nations because they were trees in the garden. Yeah. So like they as they made cities... It's a good thing. Now, we think of everything so individual, it's like, well, they were full of people who didn't believe you and worshiped idols, and God's more gracious than we can imagine. No,
0: yeah. uh, Yes.
1: And he understands things better than we can imagine. But he's also uh, more just than we can imagine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sweet.
0: God desires to save all the nations. Our New Testament reading for today is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 through chapter 13.
1: Bruce. So, where we left off yesterday was like in the middle of a thought, I, I felt n- like. Yeah,
0: it, it was a weird stopping point. 12 verse <coughs> 13, right?
1: Yes. See. But I know why. I understand why.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. he says, uh, he's talking about like discipline and like endurance, right? Don't mm-hmm. grow weary. And then the end part is, don't grow weary and in fact, strive for these things. Right. So you're going to strive for peace, for holiness, and then he's uh, like aware of what happens, like fight against and strive for getting rid of a root of bitterness, sexual immorality, um, repentance, yeah, kind of stuff like that. Like
0: uh, the idea of like, okay, you are striving for faith. You're obtaining all this stuff through your faith. You haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen our hearts cleansed perfectly from sin yet, but we have faith that Jesus is going to do it. So hold fast to these things. Don't fail to obtain this grace of God. So he uses Esau,
1: and this has been a confusing verse for many, including myself, for a long time, because he, he says, like, okay, so now strive for these things, peace with everyone, holiness, all this. And he uses Esau as kind of a weird example. He says, he sold his birthright for a single meal, for you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. So... It sounds like the chance for, all of a sudden, when you read this at first blush, it's, what? Repentance doesn't work sometimes?
0: Right, right. But we've been
1: reading the whole story for 320 days, mm-hmm. and we know repentance always works. Mm-hmm. So, when you look into the Hebrew language and into Esau's situation, you do find some subtleties.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, if you all have been tears. connected to the uh, story... and. I think there was like a Psalm or a Proverbs or mm-hmm. maybe it was one of the Ezekiel things where they talk about crocodile tears. Yes. And this idea that God desires true repentance Yeah. because he wants the relationship. Esau's scenario, Esau just wanted stuff. We say it like, you know, you're
1: sorry for getting caught. Yeah. Uh, the real thing, though, is when people are ashamed that they harmed themselves with sin mm-hmm. and not ashamed that they harmed God. Right, and that's the difference. So true repentance is a gift from God, where you realize, oh, I have sinned against the God and His order. Now, of course, it's also harmed me, mm-hmm. but my primary concern is God. Are we good? Right. And with Esau, it was, uh, hey God, I'm sorry I harm myself. Can I get my stuff back? Mm-hmm. And so don't be deceived. Like true repentance is, God, are we good? Right. And then I trust you to give me back. And yes, I harm myself, but I also harm my relationship with you, and mm-hmm. you are life. So anyway, that's that's a quick run over of that one, but I think it is connected to the idea of so now we strive. Like Hebrews has these, it's so thick with theology, but then he he has these other kind of very active words like strive for, hold fast, draw mm-hmm. near, let us stir up. Like so, the action here is you know strive for. So you're still going for peace. You're going for, and don't let that that root of bitterness thing miss us. Like. We get angry. It's very easy to get angry with people. It's very easy to not strive for peace, but that produces a root of bitterness, and he likens it to sexual immorality,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which is a big deal.
0: Right. So, yeah.
1: the reason for all this is we're struggling against sin. Why? Because we have a kingdom. Long story short, we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Mm-hmm. So he compares it to the. Again, the Hebrew audience is thinking the biggest event in their. Uh, would be the giving of the word of God on Mount Sinai. I mean, mm-hmm. coming out of Egypt, it's, it's the development of a people and where God really comes out and says, I'm your God. Here's right. my word to you. Right. You're my people. And so the memory of that is approaching God on Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. The mountain is on fire. There's earthquakes. If you get too close to it, you'll die. Right. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And so what has the Hebrew authors been saying the whole time? Jesus is better than. Jesus is better than. And so finally we get to, we have a better mountain. We approach a better mountain. We uh, look for a better city. Yes. So ours is not Mount Sinai. It's Mount Zion, but not the Mount Zion in the New Testament. Heavenly Mount Zion. Yes. And we approach it not in fear and trembling. We don't approach it with, like, the fear of death. Mm -hmm. We approach it in Jesus Christ, right? Right. And um, and then you find out there's a, a heavenly Jerusalem and all the angels and all this festal gathering with all the assembly of the firstborn. So all the people we talked about, the cloud of witnesses, right? there's a heavenly mountain that we are looking forward to, that we are pressing into. It's not fearful. It's full of people who have gone before mm-hmm. us and the angels all in this festive celebration, all um, the assembly of the
0: firstborn. Right. And it can't be destroyed or shaken. It's untouchable.
1: And that's where he says, And Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel.
0: What did the blood of Abel speak?
1: Death. Vengeance. And vengeance. Nice. What does the blood of Jesus speak? Forgiveness. And mercy. Perfect. Wow, so the blood of Jesus is better than the blood of Abel. Mm -hmm. So we don't need to fear that. And then... Again, he says, "Don't leave this." There's a whole section on um, Hebrews, like three or f- two or three times at a minimum, is like, uh, "Don't be deceived." If you decide to reject this and walk away, you it's that's a real that's decision. a risk. That's a real <laughs> risk. You're yeah. really walking away from God. If you decide to take a hiatus and go, I don't think I believe this anymore.
0: Yeah, I I think at this point we can all agree. Yeah, that. Um, from our Old Testament readings, New Testament readings, that we definitely have the ability to reject God. Yes. And I've because always Because of learned, sin, we can totally just go, no, I can do it on my own let's better. Just, let's just say it. Like, let's say, say it. If
1: you grew up like us, you heard this once saved, always saved. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's banking on, you cried out to Jesus once, you made a decision for Christ, and now you'll never have to worry about being saved again. Right. Which... There's parts of that that will have, it, it's very nuanced, right? It's not that simple, right. I will say, Christ, you're always you look to Christ and confess His name, you are always saved.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yes, if you wake up in the morning, you don't you forget to pray, you forget to do some things. But the question is, do you love Jesus? You're like, yes, I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. then you have the assurance of, of forgiveness, right. But you're not saved because you said a magic word, at a certain age, mm-hmm. and now you're trusting in that time you prayed the prayer and God can't get out of that deal because you manipulated him with special words. Right. That's not what we mean. And I don't think that's what the church meant when I was growing up. They didn't mean that, but that's kind of to the that, normal, dumb person like myself.
0: That's the implication.
1: You think, I'm saved because I prayed it, but then you're stuck in a cycle of going, wait, did I really mean it? Because now right. it's up to you. How did you do it? So, what the author of Hebrews saying, what I agree with is, as long as you can say, hey, I love you, Jesus,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you should be more assured than anybody, because we right. live by faith. If you're starting to not know, and you're starting to say, I don't think I love Jesus, mm-hmm. you need to go to Jesus and deal with that, or at a minimum, don't feel like you're going to be going to his party. Right. You don't even want to. Right. All right. So he says that, and then he ends of that section with, we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Mm-hmm. And this is where even the name of our church, New City Church, comes from. Like, we are looking for a new city. Mm-hmm. Like, we're living now as though that new city is beginning to be made, and it is. In fact, it's we're beginning to become citizens right now of this new city. Yep. And then we're awaiting its, um, its physical building when Jesus comes back. So he says that, and he goes, but remember at the same time... Um, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Yeah, He does purify everything, still like He did at Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. But He does it now through the blood of Jesus. It's much, it's much more. Um, it's even more purifying, mm-hmm. and His full wrath has been poured out. But remember, He's a consuming fire. So what do we offer God now? That's chapter thirteen.
0: Yeah, this was interesting because again, I've always, I've always read this. Personally, at from more of a legalistic bent. Right. And again, not really connecting to his original audience, I who know. is still trying to figure out whether or not they should offer sacrifices at the at a yes. literal temple that yes. still exists. Yes. And that's like what they've always done and ever done. And so now he's going, Look, we don't have to do these blood sacrifices anymore. That right. blood the perfect blood sacrifice has already been offered up. Our sacrifices, we can still offer sacrifices to God, and you know what they are? They're worship, they're thanksgiving, they're hospitality. It's um, giving tithes and time and offering to it's the
1: Lord. Being faithful in marriage, and right? Not a fornicator or an adulterer. It's not loving money. It's being content with what you have. It's it's recognizing that uh, your leaders who speak the gospel to you take care of them. You know,
0: and I love the two. Because you start to go like, oh man, I have to do all these things. But again, one, these are sacrifices that we offer up, just like you would offer up goats and stuff. Like These are just sacrifices that we freely offer. And he goes, remember why you do this. The reason you can offer these things up, the reason you can do these things, is because you have a Savior that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord is our helper, and we will not fear what can man do to us. I know. Like, the God is helping us in this. We are not alone in these sacrifices. Hold on. You're saying too many good things. Let me wrap my brain around one of the things you
1: said, and that is I've forgotten. These are people who are reading this, longing, and looking for ways to give sacrifices. Yes. Like, we have to sacrifice to our God. All the other pagan gods mm-hmm. get sacrifices, and God had sacrifice. Like, the mm-hmm. sacrifice system is a must. Our audience today is going, I don't sacrifice nothing for nobody. Mm -hmm. I sacrifice for my kids. Right. And I'm tired from that. Right. So, like, I don't want more sacrifices. So, you're right. When we look at this, it's like, oh, is this a list of my failings? Right. Exactly. But you're right. The original audience is, look, I know you guys all want to sacrifice. And so I'm going to give you something better. Here's something better. And you can sacrifice it all the time, mm-hmm. nonstop. You don't have to even change your day, really. Right. The sacrifice is praise. I also liked how all these things are kind of done in assembly. Mm-hmm. Like uh, loving one another. I had, Yeah, um, it's a community. It's like praising God, doing good to others, sharing with everybody. These are things you do in your community. This is your sacrifice. Mm-hmm. The other funny thing, uh, as you, you already said a lot of this, but um, I always felt bad, like, oh, we're supposed to visit people in prison.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: and there was a point in ministry where we had a guy who broke the law. Yeah. And everybody was using this verse to say, have you visited him in, in jail yet? Have you visited him? We're going to go into, we're supposed to visit prisoners in jail. And I was confused because I didn't want to go visit the guy. Right. He wasn't, like, repentant. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like, oh, I've done wrong. It was all, it's not my fault, it's this and that, mm-hmm. when it was obviously his fault. And so reading it this time, I realized... This is not saying go visit criminals in prison. No. You're free to do that. and that But that would be something you want to do. What he's saying is people who have been persecuted and thrown in prison because of their faith,
0: Mm -hmm. that's why
1: he says, you know, since you are also in the body, this is the body of Christ that's in jail. So don't forget them. And they need you for food. Yes. And they need you for that. But if the guy's committed a crime, it's up to you. You, you His family and you love him, you do it. But don't think... That the job of the the church even is to go and and
0: help out criminals. Right. No, this Th- that is sounds per- really harsh. I know. No, when I read it, I read it for the first time. Like <gasps> me too. Uh, oh, how did I? Wow, I was not connected to the story at all no, when I it, read it, this. But it
1: identifies our own presupposition yes. of like, oh, I don't want another thing I don't want to do. Yeah. But it's like, no, no. Listen to it.
0: Yeah. So someone... if you
1: were in jail for pre for this podcast. Great. I know a bunch of people would be like, no problem going to feed you in jail. I'd be mm-hmm. like, I got Tuesdays and Thursdays every day. I want right. to see Matt. I want to feed him. He's part of the body. And then I'd tell everybody else, do the same. And they would. Mm-hmm. But if you stole a bunch of money, and y- right, I'd be like, you know what? He has family. <laughs> Honestly. Yes. 100%, that's what, oh, man. He has family.
0: I love that response. <laughs> it's true.
1: And maybe you've heard that.
0: Oh, like, that's don't so you good. have family
1: for that? Yeah. I mean, that's what Paul says, too, about the widows. Mm-hmm. Like, you do have family. Anyway, um, he talks about the altar from which we eat now. And, um, again, it all comes back to Christ.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the final thought, too, is submit to your leaders, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be a no advantage to you. I love that verse as a pastor because... Uh, uh, what you and I are accountable for, Matt, is did we mislead anybody? Right at the end of our lives, right. It's like if I misled anybody or told them to go away from Christ, or then I'm accountable for that. That's bad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If I, especially if I use the name of Christ to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but then the responsibility for people in a church is, you know what? If they're pre- preaching the gospel, submit to it. Submit mm-hmm. to Christ
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the gospel. Because when, as much as you fight, let them do this with joy, not with groaning. Like you can fight us on every little thing we say, and you know it was a bad illustration, or you could have been more loving, or you know what, maybe I should have visited you and I didn't. You don't want me ministering the word of God with groaning, Mm -hmm. because then I focus more on the law,
0: (laughs) and every Sunday
1: turns into what you're doing wrong,
0: Um,
1: and that's no advantage to you. It says. But then, honestly, it's like at the end of this, we're at the end of Hebrews. It's are. Yeah. Uh, pray that we continue to minister the gospel where your conscience, conscience is clear, you're acting honorably because Christ is better Moses, a better law, a better mountain, a better high priest, a better sacrifice, a better city, a better hope, a better inheritance. All of it is better. And he ends with now, may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will working in us, that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Book 48. <laughs>
0: Woo! Thank you, anonymous author of Hebrews. Yeah. Our psalm for today is Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him.
1: i got to get back into uh, our theme song. There we go, let's do it. Boom, you've been fed by ravens. It's been a total honor and joy today. We love it we probably like you because we're both intertwined with this story. So we love you too. So go in peace and serve the Lord and know that you are forgiven and part of something much bigger with us and the saints who have gone before us. Have a good day.